And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We have got another clue coming up for our quiz. This yes, one's a little indeed. bit obscure. I, yeah, I want to say it is. I want to say it is. But you, but know, you just got to find. Okay, and, and this is this is a slightly trick question, but it's a trick question with a great lesson to it. You've got to find the verse that sparked the Great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Which which, Lu- which which verse did Luther find that changed the course be, of like, on the, the world's history? Right it now. will not be the verse you are thinking it is. No one's thinking it's any verse because no one knows the answer to that clue. That clue everybody is so knows d- that. No, everybody nobody knows. knows nobody. Kn- only people who are going to know that are people who Googled it or people like you. And if people like you, there's about 10 on the entire planet. You and, <laughs> no, you and no. Adam Ramden know the answer to that question and no one else. <laughs> anyway. There are lots of people who know about the Reformation of the But they don't know that, that one particular verse that sparked the 60... Whatever. Okay, don't listen to Lyle. I'm going to give you a better clue. The guy was German. I mean, seriously, you should know your German history, Mon. Excuse me. I don't know everything every German's ever said ever. All right? Just because I'm German. Don't have the monopoly on Germans. Anyway, 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 what book am I? Clue number four or five, if you count Lyle's clue. My author says, if there are no figs, no grapes, no olive crop, no food, no sheep or cattle, yet he will rejoice in the Lord. Hmm. So he's got nothing. He's still going to praise the Lord. That's what the author said. Amen. Give us a call if you know the answer to that. I quiz. think this is a tough quiz. It is a tough quiz. I'm not going to lie. I'm not yep, going to shoot it. It's a tough quiz, which is odd for a Friday because we usually try and ease up on Friday because everyone's brain's turning to weekend mush. But do you know what? I'm not going to apologize. No, this no. is the, the quiz the, the quiz Führer yeah. coming out. <laughs> <laughs> if you won't enjoy doing the quiz here on, the, on air with us, by all means, come along to the quiz night that we're having at Maitland where I am the quiz master for like three hours. I'll be doing quiz clues and I'm just going to be loving it. Uh, although it comes with a slideshow presentation, I'm very excited about my slideshow presentation. I put a lot of effort. It takes me like two months. To I get think the you should put this together. quiz in it, this question in it. <laughs> what the 16th then, then century that, that, one? That's right. Well, then there's then there'll be one that I know the answer to. That's outrageous. I'm, no, that's cheating, Lyle. Do you know? I've got to have one question. Lyle is a little bit, a little bit like he leans towards cheating. But <laughs> 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 anyway, give us a call if you know the answer. One eight hundred. Faith. Your wife is nodding. <laughs> I've never cheated in my life. What are you talking about? That's an outrageous, contagious lie. How dare thou lie on air? 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number if you know the answer. P.S. One of my favorite things has happened this morning. Uh, our, our guest has decided to stick around for the Bible study. Yes, yes, yes. Melinda yes. Archer, who was just talking to us about uh, all of the good health program that she is putting on over at the Hamilton Adventist Church. And the phones have been running hot with people calling in to uh, book in for that program. So, uh, Melinda, thank you for joining us for the Bible study. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate um, the story you were sharing in our interview section uh, because... You know, for people who struggle with Crohn's or with gut disease, um, you know, or just ill gut health, it, a story like that can really just be a lifeline to them. Especially if they've been told by their practitioner that they there's no they don't know what causes no it and there's no hope for them, there's no cure. Yeah. Like a story like yours can really just change a person's life just an unbelievable amount. Mm. So, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on air this morning and sharing that with thanks, us. Thanks. Fortunately, there are some specialists out there who do know there is a link now between health and health. Amen. And as we saw this morning, uh, not just health, but mental health as well. Anyway, we're talking about uh, children this morning as part of our 20-minute movement. We've been talking about children and raising children all week. And uh, Melinda, you've got some kids? I do. I have two boys. How old? They are 20 and 18. 18 and 20. They're similar age to uh, to our kids. There you go. Congratulations. They're fantastic. Thanks. 
All right, so we are going to uh, begin our Bible study today in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Proverbs, Proverbs 22 and verse 6. There is a Bible passage here that we need to consider. And Mon, I'll get you to uh, read that one for us just to get us started. What have you got for us there? Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Okay, is that a guarantee, a promise, or a probability? I mean, yesterday we were talking about the fact that you could perfectly parent your child and they still would have the choice and the power um, to leave God and become horrors. Okay. So there's no way that this can be 100% guarantee. Melinda, what's your thoughts on this? Well, love always ensures choice. God loves us. He loves us too much to force us to do anything. He allows us choice. So we can love our children. We can direct our children. In the end, it's still going to be their choice. Which okay. is weird because this does sound like an absolute. It does. And it so, does. is this a Bible wrong, Lyle? Question back on you. Ooh. Is Bible <laughs> well, I was, I, before you go there, before you go there, I, I, I was going to ask Melinda about uh, go on. You know, the fact. I was just going to comment on the fact that um, as a mother, I find it interesting that she agrees with you. Well, it's she's female. Choice. We stick together, don't we, darling? That's it, that's it. I might not have kids, but we will. I've been ganged up on here <laughs> in Faith Ariel. FM. This is a sacred Bible sisterhood study. going on here. <laughs> Bible study is going to be a challenge this morning. <laughs> hey, you invited her to stay, all right? That's right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say that this is a probability, um, and I'm going to base that on... Uh, and, and this actually came through as a uh, question of the day, so we're going to probably talk about it a little bit more in detail later on. But I'm going to base it on the fact that God has children, and God's children are people that he has created, and so therefore we can consider ourselves to be children of God. And, of course, we live in a world of sin. We are born with a sinful nature and so it's not terribly surprising that many of God's children here on this earth go wrong but if you take sin out of the equation and you have a perfect universe where there is not a taint of sin there's no sinful nature there's no propensity towards sin there's no there's no automatic you know impulse shouldn't be using big words on radio there are, there's no automatic impulse to just go and do bad things that you know we as human beings have uh, and we look at that perfect universe, in that perfect universe, in a sinless universe, God still had you know, a whole number of his children led by Satan who went wrong. Mm, and true, that's a pretty true. heavy thought when you think about it. Yep. It still doesn't change the fact that what's written here in Proverbs 22 does sound like an absolute. absolute. Yes, it needs to be taken in the context of the whole Bible. Okay. There's a uh, conditional there, though. Train up a child. Train. That, that's, that's reliant on us as parents. The okay. training part. So here's my question. First of all, are you a perfect parent, Melinda? No. <laughs> I was going to say we found the first one. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, and I think we can all look at ourselves. You know, I've found that, the, that, that the, uh, the older my kids get, the more imperfect I realize I am as a parent. Because I see all of my own weaknesses and traits I coming know. out of my kids. And it's like, oh, no, Why do they learn those things so they, well? I know. <laughs> weren't supposed to learn that bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to be placing all, you know, this whole load of guilt on parents whose kids have chosen to go away from where they wanted them to. Um, because, you know, I've got, I've got family who struggle with that feeling. And, you know, it's, it's not, you know, we can't lay that fault at any door, really. 
No, because there is this thing called personal choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's a that's you know we, we we need to keep that in mind. Okay, so let me ask you then this question, Melinda. You've got children. Um, if you don't have the guarantee that your children are going to make a success in life, if you don't have the guarantee that they're going to become servants of God. You know, and you know that if they don't become servants of God, they're going to turn their lives into a train wreck, and they're going to break your heart. Mm. Why have children in the first place? Well, you'd have to ask God that question, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, passing. Pa- see, not, I'm not the only one passing. We're all passing the hard questions around the room. No, I'm here. happy to to give it a shot if you want. Love. But it's a very good answer. I actually really like your answer because that's what God did. Yeah, yeah. That's but it. yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, well, we love. We love our children and, you know, when when Julian and I married, that was kind of an expression, an extended part of our love was our children. Um, and then I guess we just prayed into their lives every day, hoping that God would fill the huge gaps that we weren't covering in their in their little lives. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in prayer and I, you know, especially as they were coming into their teens, I would actually go and kneel at their bed and when they woke up, ask them what their requests were. Um, I really think kids need to see our faith in action. Mm. They need to see that it's really something that is part of us. Otherwise, why would they bother taking it on? Yeah, that's amazing. What a, fa- a fantastic testimony. And I do think this actually comes back to the to this one sentence that we keep saying over and over and over on this radio show and that God is a relational God because that truth is basically the whole reason why we do this radio show because we want people to understand that God is a relational God. He wants a relationship with us and we want to tell people about that. We want to tell people about this amazing, holy God who loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. That's the whole purpose while why we're on air at this moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And the reason he created us is because he wants to have a relationship with us. Even though he knew that there was going to be a risk involved with us saying, do you know what? I don't want your love and I don't love you back. And I don't Mm, want you in my life. That's why he took that risk. That's why he created us to have a loving relationship with us. Yeah. And if you're the kind of of person who's ever faced rejection like that and you've had, you know, maybe family members who have said, you know, I don't want your love. I don't want you in my life. You know, get out of my life. Rejection is a really hard thing to deal with. Mm, Think of the pain that you've gone through. And just recognize that that's the pain that God goes through every single day when people reject him because he just mm-hmm. reaches out with just such incredible love and he reaches out to you um, with just uh, uh, unimaginable love. And uh, and so often, you know, we can just reject God and it breaks his heart. Mm-hmm. It really does. And being a parent gives you great insight into the heart of God. I really found that when I became a parent. Yeah. Suddenly there was this little person who was so self-centered and just wanted everything their own way. And I was thinking, oh boy. Thank you, God, for loving me anyway. <laughs> it's amazing how they are just born that way. It's like, yes. it's like you were born yesterday. How are you so selfish today? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, it's a survival instinct for the very small ones, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Okay, so um, we've got another passage here that we're going to look at, um, and that's over in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. If you are listening to the radio show and you're driving, please don't flick to your Bible while you're driving. We will flick to our Bibles for you. Uh, but if you're, if you're at home and you're listening in, feel free to grab a Bible and follow along with us. We love um, enjoying your company as we study the Bible together every morning. 
And just remember, 20 million people studying these same verses of the Bible today. So you're joining a global movement. We were in Ethiopia and we found small groups all the way over Ethiopia who were studying exactly the same passages of the Bible. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, in you go different from, languages, of course. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, different oh, yeah. languages. <laughs> it's amazing you go from like the most developed country in the world to the most undeveloped country in the world and mm. everybody's stuck. It's just a yeah. great movement to be a part of. Actually, if you'd like to be part of the 20 million movement, you can give us a call here and we can uh, let you know how to get a copy of the study guide that we all do simultaneously. It gets printed four times a year in a different topic and uh, 20 million people around the world uh, pick up copies of this study guide and study it together in small groups by themselves just all around the planet so that's the one that we follow along with and you too can get a copy of that and join us okay uh, melinda can you read for us uh, philippians chapter 3 and verse 3 13 please uh three three two thirteen no three verse 13 okay ah, chapter right. three philippians chapter 3 verse 13 yeah i did kind of jumble I, that I, there. i've got it now i've got it now um, I think. Here it is. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Okay, so uh, Melinda, we, we can talk about this. We just as leave, parents? As parents. We just leave Mon out of the... <laughs> no, no, we won't. Sorry, look, I have plants, all right? That counts. <laughs> yes, all right. So I did can, sell most of them, but I kept two. <laughs> you can include your plants in this conversation. You, we will you. allow you. My baby plants. Um, I'm a plant mother. Have you, so have you ever uh, forgotten to water your plants? Yes. <laughs> And you okay, sold so some of your children as up. well. Yeah, 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 I, sold them. <laughs> I sold them into slavery. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you had to bring that up, Lyle. Yes, I'm a bad plant mama. I, I, I didn't actually bring that up. You, you brought up the fact that you're a plant you mama. You brought up the fact that I forgot to water them. Okay. okay sure. And uh, I think Melinda and I can uh, relate to that when it comes to parenting um, human children because there are times when we forget to water our human children. This is true. We forget to be good parents. Mm. Uh, then we can end up in a situation where we beat ourselves up. What relevance do you think this verse has to that kind of a situation? Yeah, well, he's he's saying, you know, it's behind you. Just keep reaching forward, um, reaching back, and, and mulling over that isn't going to make you a better parent, is it? No, you can't change the past. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Just just try to, to orchestrate the future as best you can. Does it mean we should ignore the past? No, we can certainly learn from the past. The past shows us, you know, where we slipped, where we made some bad choices, where we should make better choices. Um, but, yeah, we shouldn't let the past overshadow our future. And you definitely shouldn't give up on parenting just because you stuffed it up. Like, oh, I'm, I stuffed up my parenting. I'm just going to give up being a parent. I'm just going to set this kid out in the world and let it parent itself. <laughs> That'd be like the worst thing possible. Yeah. Just because, you know, you're an imperfect parent doesn't mean you need to stop parenting or you should stop parenting. You just need to keep going. Mm, for sure. And... Um, you know, we often say that depression is worrying about the past, anxiety is worrying about the future. Mm, mm. And depression and anxiety are two huge um, issues that we have in our society today. If we look at the past and we start to stress over the past and like, oh, I did, you know, did such a terrible job here and, and I can't believe I raised my kids like this or whatever it might be and I made this mistake and that mistake and the other mistake. And if we live with that, then it brings depression. And then if we you know, focus on all of the, uh, like, oh, I've messed up my kids. Are they going to be able to survive in life? Are they going to be able to get through life? You know, are they going to make up a, make a mess of their life? Then we live with anxiety. Mm. And anxiety and depression, they're like two twins. They, they exist to drag you down. They do. And they serve no purpose. This is so true. It's, yeah. I think, you know, even, even on the worst days when you think, far out, I really did a bad job there. 
And as a Christian, you know, I pray into those days, Lord, please fill those gaps. There were big gaps today. Um, but we can always look back on a day and think what went well. You know, what went yeah, well today? You know, and, and think, you know, thank you, God, that I, that, that was okay, that, that I managed that situation there. And, and I just want to say that, just in case you're wondering, I'm not trying to give the impression here that Melinda is a bad parent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Melinda Lyle. is a great parent and has wonderful children. So um, you believe. <laughs> well, I have heard good reports. I have heard good reports. Oh, well, I'm glad. So was your oldest or your youngest that was up at her eyes? Uh, the younger one. The younger one was up Jane. at her eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And, uh, of course, one of our, um, our youngest one was up at her eyes as well. So, yeah. They're good probably reports. friends. They probably are. Yeah. I would say so. Anyway, moving on from there, what does it mean to be a child of God? How are we to understand that image and what comfort can we draw from it? So we're going to move on from, uh, you know, this whole uh, bad parenting thing. And now let's talk about, you know, the perfect parent. What does it mean to be a child of God? It's not really something we choose, I think. Mm. You know how often you can you can choose to be saved, you can choose to um you know you can choose your, your destiny basically. You can choose your friends. Yeah. But you can't choose your parents. That's right, that's right. And whether or not you like it, you are created by God. And um you are a child of God. That makes you a child of God. So you don't really have a, a choice in that, which is I think kinda awesome. Mm. There are possibly some people out there who think might think that that's not so awesome. Sure, of course. People who, you know, are atheists, people who don't want to believe in the existence of God. Yeah, and you kind of you would kind of wonder why. Why would anybody not want to? Because uh... it immediately elevates, you know, how you should think about yourself and how God thinks about you. You're okay. His child. Uh-huh. You're loved of Him, just like any parent would love their child. And that should give you a, a great sense of, I don't want to say the word self-esteem, but just self-image. You know, I'm a child of God. Yeah, I mean, if you were born as a child of a celebrity, would you think of yourself you know, as being important or your parents as being somebody important? I've never thought about being the child of a celebrity. It'd be a bit depressing at times, I should imagine. Yeah. <laughs> People chasing you with cameras all the time, yeah, waiting yeah. you to slip and, up. And, and you do find that. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of children of celebrities do struggle, really, really yeah, struggle. a lot of them are quite of, messed up. Yeah, mm. with all of those kind of things. But I think it would definitely give them an impression of value. I mean, let's say that yeah. you were, uh, you know, the child of a head of state and you have your own personal security that, you know, a security detail that follows you everywhere, drive yeah. you nuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it would definitely give you the impression that you were um, You'd probably name drop that at some point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the if fact that teenager, there were guards you following would. you might, you know, yeah. give it away. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you could design a parent though, you know, if I could design the perfect parent... I think it would look pretty close to God, my understanding of God in the Bible. And I don't believe in an eternally burning hell. I don't believe in many things that some people hold to be true that really get in their way. The Bible um, doesn't teach it eternally burning hell. That's exactly right. Hell. Exactly. And the Bible teaches hellfire, but not eternal hellfire. Yeah, and it's amazing that some people believe that there will be people burning forever and ever and that God will cause that to happen. That's yeah. just so horrible. It really undermines the love that he has for us. It does. It does. And it, and it outlines a parent who just throws a temper tantrum and, and then yeah. can never get over it ever That's again. That's right. Holds this eternal grudge. Uh-huh. Which is not God. No. No. no that'd, that'd be terrible. It's like the worst kind of parenting right there. Oh, when you, when oh you that's think true. It. Eternal punishment? Yeah. What kind of a parent would do that? No, pa- no parent on the planet would be like, you stuffed up once, thus I'm going to punish you for like eternity, for eons. Yeah, yeah. And, and not years. only that, not only that, not only that. Use my creative power to make sure that you don't die. Mm. That's right. You mm-hmm. can't burn you know, up. Use my supernatural power to keep you alive. 
for no other reason and tormented that I can torment you. No stuff up is worth that amount of punishment. No, yeah. no, no, definitely not. So. Anyway, we're going to uh, move on with John Paul Kernett with the song that is appropriately chosen by our amazing producer here this morning, right on the right on the money. Uh, Train up a child is the song that we're going to listen to, uh, which comes straight from that Bible verse we were looking at in Proverbs. Train up a child. In the way that he should go And when he is old He will not depart from it Train up a child In the path that she should take And when she is old She will not forsake Try to live the kind of life You'd have your children lead Living, loving, laughing every day Taking Jesus as your guide In all you do and say Let him gently lead you all the way Train up a child In the way that he should go When he is old He will not depart from it Train up a child In the path that she should take When she is old She will not forsake it Let your voice be filled with loving Let your face be bright Let your touch be warming as the sun Show your love, don't hide it ever Let it be like rain Freshening a heaven here below Train up a child In the way that he should go And when he is old He will not depart from it Train up a child In the path that she should take When she is old She will not forsake Welcome back guys That was John Paul Kernett With Train Up a Child Here on Faith FM We're going to have another clue For our quiz Give us a call Get ready to give us a call Because the clues Should be getting easier 1-800-324-843 Where do you find The verse that started The Reformation You and that clue You're just so happy it's about it favorite one I've got news for you Lyle Yeah I'm on the last clue right now So after this You're going to have to create some more You have to move on For your little Reformation Favourite there Clue number One, two, three, four Clue number six If you count Lyle's clue 
What book am I? This book was written by one of the three minor prophets whose names begin with the letter H. That's a huge clue. This name was written by one of the three minor prophets whose names begin two clues. with the letter H. It's written as one That's sentence. That's two clues. I can't help it. It's, one of the, it's written as one sentence. You could say well, I'm one of, it's, this book is one of the minor prophets. Yeah. And this book too begins late. with too H. Late. So you're giving two it. clues out there. Too late. I already read it out. You just, you, you're going to have to come up with some more clues for a slide. We're running out of clues. Give us a call if you know the answer. We'll send you a copy of Be Exultant. Um, yeah, one eight hundred faith FM. That's a number. All right. Okay. Let's uh, continue on here. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about single parenthood. Melinda, have you ever done single parenting? Oh, pretty regularly. Pretty regularly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I thought that may have been the case. Not that my husband has left me permanently or at any stage, but he. What's the longest stint you've ever done without Julian? Yeah. Oh, probably. Oh, close on five or six weeks. Yeah, that's a decent. Like, that's so a decent he would come thing. back, yeah. you know, you know, with the ministry that he's involved in, he'd be travelling overseas and then come back, and then maybe have a couple of nights and then be off again. Um, yeah, so let's just explain that. We don't want people thinking that your husband leaves you on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> your husband is involved with a. He's a businessman. A successful yeah, well, ministry yeah. and a successful business. Now he's, yeah, now he's working life. in ministry. Yes, yes. Yeah, so he's involved in business and ministry both successfully, and that causes him to travel a bit. This is true. Yeah, that's what we just want to. And now that the kids have left home, I can travel with him, which is oh, so bless. good. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Yep. That would be exciting. Yeah, so she was just telling me the longest uh, period, or she was just um, putting fingers up through the uh, glass there. The longest period of single parenthood that she's done was seven weeks. What's, oh. it, what's it like to be a single parent? Oh, it, it just makes you a lot more empathetic to all the single mums that you know and the mm. single dads. You know, I, you, I, you go far out, they are legendary. <laughs> yeah, see, I grew up in a single parent home. Well, you know then. And No, well, it's different when you do single parenting than when you do... Um, be parented be, singly. Be, yeah, be, be single parented. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and I, whenever I have an experience like that, which, you know... Has been much less. It's been much more often that Shell has um, been left at home with the kids as I've travelled with ministry and whatnot. But uh, whenever I have been left at home with the kids, it's been one of those times where I have just, you know, I have just gained so much admiration for what single parents accomplish. Mm, I know. It's like, how do you, how do you do this? You it's know, tough. for me, how did my dad ever do that? Mm, it's mm. just, it just, it just blows my mind. It's just, yeah. But anyway, talking about single parenthood, which um, we've probably never really, we can't really lay claim, you know, five, six weeks, you can't really claim. No, it's not really a lot of insight, is it? Not even I can claim insight because literally when my my plants start acting up, I take them back to the shop where I bought them and I ask the plant lady to help me raise them. So literally (laughs) I can't even claim single parent skills. Yeah. It's good fact, to be honest. In fact, they're honest. at the plant shop right now getting a bit of TLC. I'm like, what is happening? There are spots. I don't understand. And she'd be like, give me a few weeks. And so I leave them in her care. Yeah. So High Swan Dive, excellent little plant shop there in Newcastle. Just shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be not kind of nice if we could do that with our kids, wouldn't it, Melinda? <laughs> <laughs> Just take them back to They've got spots. <laughs> Help. Fix them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God, you created these guys. <laughs> <laughs> you take them for a week, <laughs> sort them out, and then hand them back. Yes, well, you can do that. And I, and I know for, for myself, um, you can't do that literally. This God doesn't own a shop that you can drop them off at. But when Julian is away, I know that I more often than not rely a lot more on God for guidance and for strength than I do when Julian's there because he's kind of my fallback guy, Julian is. 
without thinking. Whereas when Julian's not there, I'm really, Amen. oh my goodness, God, I really need to do this. You need to help me with this. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, being a being a plant mama who has joint custody, I guess you could say, <laughs> it actually really helped me to travel more because when I do go overseas, I, I literally do drop them back off at the shop and then I go traveling. So the two oh. months that I was in Africa, that lovely lady just looked after them for me. Um, but yeah, it's it's different when you have a human being on your hands. You can't mm. take them anywhere. And that is exactly like you just said, where, where God can step in in a big way for you yeah. and provide you with extra strength, with extra wisdom, with extra mm. resilience. Uh, and just fill in the gaps for you. Yeah. And Try, any yeah. single parent listening, like this is, you know, a really great strategy for you uh, if you've never thought about this before. If you're if you're a single parent and you're, and you're struggling, rely on God. Throw yourself on God. God will help you. Yeah, There's sure. at least 82 passages in the Bible that talk about the duty that we have to single parents as a, mm. as, as a church yeah. um, and as a part of the community of God. Yeah. And um, and as a result of that, you know, I think that we, we do need to um, particularly... Uh, think about um, you know how can how how we can help single parents out in a practical mm. way. I know that as a young person growing up in a church community, uh, my church community rallied around you know my family, yeah. my dad, my brother, myself, and gave us the most incredible support. Yeah, it was just phenomenal. It makes a huge difference having those those really strong, loving mentors around you that. We, that we are would not, you know, your family, your immediate family. We would go home from church every week with a boot full of food, wow. homemade bread, savouries, oh, wow. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, for years, mm. literally for years. Mm. Um, that's what our local church community did. And if you're single parenting, and you're finding it hard, then um, you know, community support yeah. is one of the most valuable things. And I can't, I can't guarantee that you're going to get the kind of support that I got. You know, um, or that that my family got as a young person growing up, um, but you're going to get support from a church community. Yeah, and so I'd really encourage you out there today, if you're listening in and you're not a part of a church community, it's a really, really great place to find some support and find some some yeah. community yeah. and find people that care. This is one of the reasons why God created a church family, church body. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so that was that was that was my experience, I guess. But uh, what are some of the other ways do you think that we can help out single parents? Singles conferences to matchmake them. Oh, <laughs> yes. Which, Sometimes which, they can be very scary places, I've heard. <laughs> oh, so scary. Yeah, I was going to say, Mon, um, as a single person, as a single person, how many singles conferences have you gone to? Look, one, and only because oh, I got yeah. tricked into going to it. Yeah, they didn't tell me it was a singles conference, and I literally got tricked into turning up, and it was mortifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a serious note, though. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, I know, you know, in the church that we belong to just recently that we've just moved from um, in Toowoomba, just trying to be intentional in including single people in any family activities that you're doing because it's very easy to just sort of, you know, ring a friend who's got, you know, the husband and the wife and the kids kind of thing going and, you know, you can almost naturally gravitate towards those people. But, you know, you've got – I had a lot of single friends as well and just make sure that every – it's very inclusive – that you know they're included as well, and look for ways. I know that my husband used to look for ways to to try to reach out to the sons of single mums and include them in what he was doing with his own sons, because you know mums can't do everything. Sometimes they they need a bit of male support. 
um, yeah, for their I, sons especially. I think mentoring comes in, yeah, in the big play. Like if you have a single mom in your church or a single father, um, you know, if you're a male, it, it might be time for you to step up and help mentor the child so that child can have like a father figure, have male influence. Or if you're, uh, you know, notice that there's a single dad, you could help mother the child by being a mentor to them and, you know, giving them a hug and being a female presence in their life so they can have a physical role model in their eyesight that they can uh, look to and, you know, get some guidance in that regard. Yeah, and I had that experience as a uh, young person growing up in a single-parent home. Mm. You know, there was a lady in the church that sort of really took me under her wing and, uh, and you know, gave me mentorship and was kind of, you know, mothered me in some ways, mm-hmm. um, which was something I really needed. It was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, we need to uh, we need to look at uh, and you know just in our local church right now we've got a single mother you know three kids going through a hard time and uh, last night I was just hanging out with some of the church members we we're having a meeting we weren't just hanging out and they're like oh yeah so and so is taking the kids for the day and is looking after them this kind of thing um, a church community is a great place to yeah, get support they Don't can rally around yeah yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's, thank you so much for joining us uh, for the uh, show today. We really appreciate you having along for our Bible study for our encounter with God. We're going to move along. This is Lauren Daigle with You Say. Really wonderful song. Listen to the lyrics of this song and understand what it is that God says about you being his child. Have a good listen to the lyrics. Voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every high and then again just who I am because I need to know
now I'm laying it at your feet You'll have every failure, God You'll have every victory to Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. I like that you've got the wool over your eyes Cause it suits me fine to know that you don't even realize I like the way that you don't question anything And I love the way that you go along With everything I've got you under my control And you, you don't even know You don't even know And I've got you under my control And you, you don't even know And you don't even know Just don't think about it Live life to the full It doesn't really matter what's really real Keep that veil real close, oh, don't peek through It doesn't really matter what's really true And it suits me just fine It suits me just fine Cause you're trapped in your habits and you don't realize what you've lost
here on Faith FM. That's a bit of a Faith FM favourite, that song. Yes, it is. And I love that it has a very uh, up-to-date, valid reference to Game of Thrones in there. Uh, if you're not sure what it was, I suggest you go back and listen to it. What's the song called again? Wool Over My Eyes. By Anna Beaton. So go and look it up. Reference a whole bunch of things in there. It does. Not Netflix, just Game of Thrones. Netflix, Keeping Up With The Joneses. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a really... For Current. our time, yeah, it's exactly exactly. It right. will date. It will date eventually, but that's okay. But the message will still remain the same. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Lyle, it's probably a song that's easily updatable. That's true. That's true. Uh, did you come up with a new clue for our quiz? I got a whole I bunch. Fresh out. Okay, just hit me with all the clues you got for uh, for our. Uh, uh, I can't even think right now. For our quiz this morning, it's our breakfast Bible quiz. It's a what book am I quiz. What's some clues you've come up with? Lauren? Okay, so this particular uh, book uh, is the eighth minor prophet. Ooh. It's a prophecy against the Babylonians. We assume, therefore, written in around 612 BC. Um, a contemporary of Jeremiah and Zephaniah. 
Um, and it is mentioned in the book Bell and the Dragon. Ooh. Have you ever heard of Bell and the Dragon? No. <laughs> it does sound vaguely familiar. Okay, Bell and the Dragon is a deutero- deuterocanonical book, um, which um, basically is a non-canonical book. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Jewish myth. Okay. Yeah, it's a Jewish okay, myth. Okay, cool. Have you read it? I think so, a long time ago. Okay. It was kind of interesting, vaguely. Okay, we have to get on to our question of the day, like, because we are running out of time. Uh, so, Q of the D this morning, really valid question. Loving this. This is coming through from Baron, uh, who messaged us through Facebook. And he said, if we're rating bad parents because of their children, where does God rate seeing that his son, Lucifer, went nuts? Excellent question, Baron. Lyle, go. God rated exceptionally well. Really? Because... That's the answer to that question. God rated exceptionally well. First of all, we need to mention the concept of Lucifer as being a son of God because there will be some people who want some clarification on that. Um, There are a number of different ways that you can look at the concept son of God. There is the son of God who is Jesus Christ who is the third member of the Godhead. He should be in no way confused with anybody else who takes the title of son of God because he is divine, he is eternal, he has always existed. Um, He is the one who came to this earth and became a human being uh, to give his life for us, lived his life here on this earth in submission to the Father as a human being. That's the Son of God. And then you have what the Bible describes as sons, plural, sons of God. And I'll give you an example of that one uh, over in uh, the book of Luke. Uh, Where am I going? The book of Luke. Uh, Sons and daughters, right? Yeah, I'm kind of getting sidetracked here. I know I'm getting sidetracked. But the Bible describes here uh, in the book of Luke, it describes that Adam was the son of God. And the verse has escaped me, but I'll get it for you in just a moment. Okay, why was Adam a son of God? Well, you couldn't really call him a son of anybody else. He was a son of God by creation. And in the same way, Lucifer was created by God. He is a created being. He is on no way the same level as Jesus Christ. Now, the reason that I say that God was a perfect parent is because God was perfect in that he allowed Lucifer to have the power of choice. If God had not allowed Lucifer to have the power of choice, then God would have been an imperfect parent. And as parents, we must allow our children to have the power of choice. That is a risk that we must take. When we choose to have children, you know, we always understand that, you know, one day these people might come up, might grow up to be the worst possible criminals on the planet and completely break our hearts and devastate us and destroy us uh, beyond what we can even imagine. That is a risk that we take and we take that risk for love. God took the risk of having Lucifer for love. And of course, it broke his heart when Lucifer went down the path that he did. But God was a perfect parent because he allowed the power of choice. We need to allow the power of choice. We discipline our children, but at the same time, we allow them to make their decisions. But then, you know, whenever they make those bad decisions, there has to be consequences. It's exactly the same with the way that God relates to Lucifer. Don't beat yourself up if your child has uh, gone down a wayward path. Just cling to Jesus. Don't beat yourself up You know, for your parenting skills. The same thing has happened to God. God. You can find refuge in God and he can definitely help you and your child. 
Give us a call if you have a question. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. 1-800-324-843. Thanks, Lyle, for answering that.
You are listening to Carly Fletcher, a new creation. This is Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show, which means we are about to give something away. Woo-hoo! We've had Melinda here at Melinda Archer talking to us about health all morning. Incredible witness. Yes. Amazing story, amazing testimony of what God has done in her life as a result of good health. And we have a health book to give away. Yes, this is really, 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 really cool, Lyle. It's called Take Charge of Your Health. It's by Aileen Luddington and Hans Deal. And check this out in the back, right? Take, uh, so it's about, um, give an example. So this is the guy that created Chip, right? Yeah, this is the guy who created the program she went through. Um, so uh, it says here, uh, Bob Anderson was age 66 and he couldn't even walk to his mailbox because he was experiencing so much pain. He did the CHIP program and afterwards he travelled 300 miles to his doctor's appointment over the Rocky Mountains in Canada, uh, in America, on a bicycle. That's how he got to the doctor. 300 miles you have over the Rockies on a bike. That's how. He, that's the difference it I made have, to this guy. I have crossed the Rocky Mountains in a car. Yeah. <laughs> My car was struggling. This guy was My 66 years old. My car was very asthmatic old. at the top of some of those uh, mountain passes. This guy was 66 when he did that. This book, like I just said, written by the guy who created the CHIP program, the CHIP program that uh, Melinda Outguest went through to help her with her Crohn's disease. Uh, this book, Take Charge of Your Health, is going to radically change your life. It's going to radically change your health. You need to get a copy of this. It's totally free. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. First person through will get a copy. We only have one copy. Take Charge of Your Health. Aileen Luddington and Hans Deal. 1-800-324-843 is the number. We hope you have a wonderful, blessed weekend. Give us a call if you want to study more about the Bible. Shines light on me. Open up my eyes so I can see. When I look up in the darkest night, then I know everything's gonna be alright. In deep confusion, in great despair, when I reach out for Him, He is there. When I am lonely as I can be, then I know that God shines His light on me. Yes, he'll lift you up and turn you around And he'll put your feet back on higher ground Reach out for him, he'll be there With any troubles you can share Say
Jesus' name Yes, he'll lift you up and turn 